everyone, and welcome to episode 126 of the App Advice Weekly Podcast. This is your host, Trevor Sheridan of AppAdvice.com, and joining me as usual is my co-host, Brett Nolan of AppBatic.net. Join us this week as we prepare for Thanksgiving and Black Friday with Rosie's Red Out Realities, as we may lose our marbles as spring falls away. How are you doing today, Brett? I'm doing good. It sounds like a really rad episode. <laughs> the raddest of episodes, because <laughs> it's going into a holiday weekend, man. I know. What's, what's not to like? Yeah, a couple days off, lots of deals, turkey, potatoes, lots of good stuff. And luckily your phone can help with all that kind of stuff because the App Store has apps for everything for Thanksgiving and Black Friday. There's tons of recipe apps, whether you want the traditional turkey, a whole vegan-inspired version of Thanksgiving meals, and everything in between. And coincidentally enough, all these apps, like there's cooking timers, there's you know, Thanksgiving Charlie Brown book apps. There's all kinds of different things. And then Black Friday has app sales. So it's all this whole app store thing. But when you take a look back, this used to be a big deal, you know, a few years ago. Here in 2019, most of the app store is subscription-based. There's the obvious Apple Arcade subscription, but even just for normal apps, for cooking recipe apps, it's like $4.99, you get access to all the recipes in here. Or whatever, ha- you know, decorating tips, all these different services normally reserved for Thanksgiving are now subscription-based. And so it's tough for us to then tell you about sales of now the subscription set of four ninety nine temporary Black Friday sales only 99 cents a month. But it's just tough because it's a per app basis that really is tied to their newsletters or their Twitter announcements. Right. Yeah. You really have to be following these, the people that make these apps in order to get the announcements about them. Occasionally we'll get press releases that just get sent to us about some of this stuff. But yeah, where everything's going subscription based, it's a lot tougher to find these deals. There are the certain ones that tend to come back up each and every time. Like a lot of these digital board game apps, a ton of them are on sale right now because they tend to drop in price. They're not subscription based and we get to see we see those price drops uh and then there's other like a few of the rusty lake titles are on sale i'm gonna have a complete post on my site uh with all the stuff i do know about but again if it's a subscription based uh it's tough to find these and because you know previously if an app is 4.99 and it drops to 99 cents you can have scrapers of the app store that just find these price changes but now in-app purchases don't publish the same way. This whole subscription model changes that, so it's tough to find it. Like, pretty much, you need these apps already downloaded, and then you might get a push notification, and then, great, I I still don't know. Subscription's tough for me to recommend beyond the Apple Arcade. Yeah, I mean, I I have a tough time paying for subscription for any other apps unless it's something I use constantly. So, like, I use uh, the—I can't remember what the name of it is. It's a podcasting app, and that I actually pay for. Uh, Castro. 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 And that I pay for—I'm locked into actually a lower price because I did it right when they started the subscription based for the the app. So I'm kind of locked in, so I'm going to continue paying at that price. But that's an app I use— Every day. I just load it up and I play my podcast every day through this thing. Other things, it's hard-pressed to get me to pay for something if I'm not going to be using it constantly in a subscription base. Mm-hmm. And that I, I don't know if triggering it for $0.99 cents for the month of December is going to convince you. Because a lot of these services, I think you could get away with taking a lot of it for that given month. It's kind of when you look at streaming services. 
there's some services like, oh, I'm going to jump on and watch like five shows this month. Like when HBO launched Game of Thrones, you're like, okay, I'm going to watch Game of Thrones. I'm going to catch up on Westworld. And then you don't have HBO for multiple months. That's how I feel like you would do with these app-based subscriptions. Right. Yeah, right. Exactly. Or you can usually find something else that does most of what you want to do. That's either a free app outright and it's just got ads or something you just paid for once or maybe you bought it a while ago. And maybe, yeah, this one that's subscription based has a couple of things you wish you had. But is it really worth the price? And you got to kind of weigh that out and decide, do I want to pay for a subscription or just stick with what I got? It, the photo editing apps are the ones that give me the most because usually I want to make an edit right now for this particular photo. I have an idea in mind. And it's like, do you want to subscribe for using this for the rest of your life? It's like, not really. No, I just kind of want to edit this photo right now. Um, and Light was a great app. It was one time two ninety nine fee. They're going to stop servicing and supporting it at all. They want you to switch over to a different version of Enlight, whatever they like to call it. But now it's like three ninety nine a month to edit my photos where I used to just pay $3 one time and it was my app. So the longer I think you've been around the app store, the worse the change is. But on the flip side, I think the longer you've been around with any kind of digital services, you don't necessarily want to pay a subscription. Right. And I mean, the tough thing is it's, I mean, you understand why they kind of have to switch this model <laughs> unless they're constantly getting new people coming in you paying two dollars like five years ago is not going to help support yeah, to add new features <laughs> so right. they need a constant influx of money uh so it's kind of tough i mean at one hand you understand why it's happening but if it's not something that you're using month to month to month and you're just periodically using then it's kind of a pain to keep on subscribing unsubscribing subscribing for when you actually need it and then it all starts to add up because you had all these like 20 plus apps you might have used a little bit for various things. And do you really want to have 20 subscriptions on top of everything else you now subscribe to in life with all of these streaming services? So it's kind of tough. But if you are looking for a good uh, photo editor for the iPad, Pixelmator Photo Pro Editor is actually free right now, I think, for Black Friday. I don't know if this is kind of switching to a paid model. I don't think so. I think it's actually uh, just free right now. So that one you can download, but it's I believe it's iPad only for that one. Yeah, Pixelmator Pro is iPad only. Like, there's the standard Pixelmator. They kind of stopped supporting it it's only they do bug fixes now like pixelmator pro they're throwing new features in every few months the original pixelmator is on the iphone but it's only getting feature updates like they did the same thing on the mac where pixelmator used to be step in step with photoshop as an alternative and then they came out with pixelmator pro and now pixelmator it stopped in its development exactly where it was and now pixelmator pro gets all new features but it's a whole new purchase price it's a whole new app Right. But right now it's free. Uh, my guess is yep. they're going to start adding in-app purchases or something. A subscription service to edit Or something, photos. yeah. But you might as well download <laughs> I just downloaded it as we were talking on my iPad, so now I own it. Uh, I, so that's one freebie you can get during Black Friday. And then a lot of paid games, though, that aren't part of Apple Arcade, they're getting the sale treatment with Black Friday, but it's funny because they're kind of dated now because we talked about it last week when we were talking about app awards 
a lot of the better releases over the past couple months have been into the Apple Arcade. There's a special section right in the App Store of great games up to 50% off. The very first one is Mini Metro. It's 99 cents. Well, <laughs> the sequel to Mini Metro is on Apple Arcade. Do I really want to pay 99 cents to buy the old one? Right, or or you might probably already own it at this point because it was such a huge hit. Or if you're on an Android device, it was free in their little in their subscription service. So I'm guessing most of the people that ha- are want to play Mini Metro already have it in some form. Yeah, and it, so it makes it tough to even recommend a lot of these sales because we know that if the games aren't in Apple Arcade, a lot of them, a ton of them are free within app purchases. Right, right. And those yeah. will probably go on sale too. Like that new Call of Duty mobile game, you can get in app purchases and those will probably be on discount this weekend. Yeah, they probably are. I've actually been playing a lot of that that uh, Call of Duty mobile game. I avoid all the in-app purchase stuff and just play everything I can do for free. And it do- usually does a reasonable job of matching up with people at your same level. Although I did get dropped into one last night where I was at level 20 and the rest of the people in the game were all in the 60s. So I think something went wrong with the, the matching, uh, but I held my own. As long as it wasn't as bad as the skill-based matchmaking update to Fortnite with the new season, where you're thrown in with some sweaty boys now when you play Fortnite. <laughs> <laughs> so, so the first time that I heard like someone actually using the voice chat on on uh, Call of Duty last night, and it was some little kid, obviously, talking, <laughs> and I think he was talking in some other language, and then breaking into English sometimes, and then... I don't even know what he was saying half the time, but it was a very high-pitched male voice that it definitely sounded like a kid. That's who plays these games. It's pretty phenomenal, and they spend a lot of time. So if you play, like, once a week, you're outmatched and underclassed versus what they're doing. Yeah, yeah. But I, I was holding my own. It's an, that's not bad. Not too bad. If you want to check out one you have a, an iPad, I'd recommend trying it out. It's free. Call of Duty Mobile. And then speaking of Black Friday, though, you can actually download bfads.net or is it .com? Yeah, So bfads.net app. That one is probably the best resource to cover everything Black Friday, whether it's including all the flyer ads for the big retailers or specific online sales that are happening right now. And they even highlight like kind of deal of the day, but updated almost every few minutes it's kind of like slick deals but specifically focused on black friday of course you could download the slick deals app too it's not exactly that bad off i think these might be tied to each other because i do too i i'm pretty (laughs) sure because it always links you over to this app so i'm wondering if the two companies are tied the thing i like about this one is you can view the entire um ads themselves or you can search for specific items. And unlike some of the other ones that are on the App Store, which they're obviously sending you out to items I believe they probably get a kickback on, because these are not the sale items you're looking for. You end up with, like, uh, random stuff. This one actually really ties directly into the ads. You can save items. You can uh, search for specific items or just specific stores and take a look at the ads. And it just seems like the perfect set of features. And uh, this is the one I go to every year. I still I've have it downloaded for years and I'm constantly going. I think since like 2011, I've had this app downloaded. And I just every year go back. 
And they keep updating it every year, too. It's not the same 2011 app. They've redefined it every single year to take advantage of the features. And I think the best one is you're scrolling through the ad and you see Target and it has something and you can just add it to your list right there. Yep. You know, it, it's such a better way than using the paper ads or whatever the case you previously did use. Right. And it allows you to quickly just scan all these ads all at once, just searching through them like, you know, you want to buy an iPad. Where are all the sales on iPads? And you don't have to flip through every single one. It searches through all of them. You can get alerts every time. Well, now at this point, all the ads are in there, but they have alerts to let you know when new stuff gets added so that you can check it out. So it's a great resource if you're looking for something particular or just trying to see what's going to be on sale. And then speaking of iPads and really iOS devices in general, Black Friday is the time. I think Apple Watch Series 3 and 4 are going to have some good sales. If you've been, like, say you have Series 1 or you've never picked up an Apple Watch, I think this is going to be the weekend to finally pick one up. And then since the AirPods Pro exist, plus the AirPods 2, the original AirPods without the wireless charging case, I use them every day. They're awesome. They're going to have a good sale, too. Yeah, you can get those for, I think, around $119. Um... And I then I think the you can actually get the new pro ones on sale for two thirty five at one place. Um, I don't remember on top of my head where they were, but yeah, you can get save hundreds of dollars on on iPads, on phones, free phones at different places. Uh, really, the, one of the worst sales, ironically, on Apple stuff is Apple's own sales, which oh, now yeah. the past few Non-starter. years. <laughs> All they're giving you are gift cards to Apple, where other places are giving you just money off, and you don't have to go then spend more money at Apple. So look through all the deals. Use one of these apps to kind of scan through what all the offerings are. And you'll see that Apple seems to be really poor at this. I don't know why. You would think they'd want you buying direct, but they seem happy enough to allow you to buy from other stores and save the money there. But yeah, and the, the weird thing is like, normally this used to always be you had to wait until Black Friday. Now we've had like the week leading up to it, preview our Black Friday sales and all this stuff where you could access pretty much everything except for the door busters where they want you to physically go to the store to get a few of these things. But even then, odds are Amazon's going to match some of these deals, uh, Target. And so you just got to look for online. And even on Thursday, on Thanksgiving Day, you'll see these sales start to pop up on Amazon and other stores. And a lot of the times you don't even need to go these stores anymore so just keep an eye on these apps keep an eye on amazon best buy target those are the big stores that tend to have the best deals and walmart yeah i mean if you're in the market for airpods or any kind of wireless headphones just search airpods in the bf ads app and you can find that say apple watch same thing find where the cheapest ones are of these various things just a few weeks ago, the new MacBook Airs were down to $7.99 or something on Best Buy and Amazon because they were price matching each other. So you can also get a brand new laptop if you're in the market for one. 800 bucks for MacBook Air isn't that bad at all. Yeah, even the brand new 16-inch MacBook Pro, which we didn't think was going to go on sale, is on yeah. sale for like, I think, almost $200 off. So 
yeah, everything. Just search it up and make sure you don't miss out on these deals. If this is something you were going to buy for Christmas, and then especially if you can get it at like a Target or someplace where you can then also get your 5% with your red card, that's just extra savings on top of everything else. And also, if you're in, if you're worried like, oh, Apple's going to update these devices, the next Apple Watch probably isn't coming until next September. We know iPhone 12 is not coming until next September. MacBook Pros aren't probably going to be updated until June at the earliest. iPads are maybe March, but I thought they might even push it out this year. I don't know what they're doing with the iPad, but these old models, it's not like they're junk or garbage or trash. The new updates next year are probably not going to be groundbreaking. They're not going to redesign much beyond the phone. So if you're in the market for any of these things, don't worry about it being obsolete because you're getting it on sale for Black Friday. Yeah, I so I was a little nervous about upgrading my iPad because I didn't know when they're going to finally come up with the new iPad Pros, but I couldn't pass up the Best Buy deal for $200 off, and I coupled that on with uh, Retail Me Not cash back by going through their link where they gave me another 70 bucks back so i got 270 dollars off of this thing so plus i got points uh from on my credit card so uh it's you just got a couple all these deals and i saving that much money it was worth it to me and i'll take a chance that there's gonna be some amazing feature on the next pro but it's probably costs insane amounts of money so i'd rather save some money on on this one yep and so Keep an eye out to spend money to save money. The most ironic thing ever. <laughs> and <laughs> That's Black Friday and Thanksgiving. We do hope you have a great holiday weekend. Get some time off from work. Spend time with family. Don't hate that time off with family. Actually appreciate it. <laughs> you only have so many times to spend with them. Don't focus on the bad things. Yep. Yep. And so then it's time for some games. And guess what? There's a game this week that's not actually part of the Apple Arcade that we're going to talk about. It's been... What? I, I, I don't even know how long. It seems like an eternity <laughs> since we talked about one of those. But it's called Spring Falls, and it's actually $3.99 Universal. Part of me wants to say right off the top that it's tough to sell a game for $4 when I could just spend $5 in a given month and access the entire Apple Arcade. But I won't get into that topic. Instead, I'll focus on Spring Falls by itself. It's a really well done puzzle game idea where you're given essentially the side of a mountain that's turned into these little hexagonal prisms and you can drag them down one tier. The goal is to get the green growth sprouts from one segment all the way to the little budding flower so it actually blossoms. And to do that, you have to drag down on these columns and the way the water spreads out. So you get like it starts out with one like little piece like a little pond that you can then expand out into multiple segments and then you can have a drop down tiers and as you go through the game it introduces new elements so you'll have like a dry piece of dirt that's it soaks up the water and then it grows and now it sprouts two levels high so that green growth can now get up a level because at the start of the game you're always descending everything's going downwards but then the game switches up so you have to grow back upwards and then you have to meld them together and if you do a certain area the water is just going to fall off the entire cliff and now your puzzle has no water at all nothing's going to grow for sure and it just builds upon itself really well of just a really simple concept to drag down a column to expand into really complex ideas yeah this was one i saw at pax east last year and this one i just kind of stumbled upon i i, I didn't even i saw it on the screen and it looked like it was a a pc game and then all of a sudden i i talked to the developer for quite some time and 
so I was really looking forward to to this coming out, and I had completely forgotten about it. And then all of a sudden, I got a press release from them. I'm like, oh wait, it's out! And yeah, it's just a really nice concept of where you're just trying to figure out how to get the water to flow in the right way and to get it so that it's basically one level below the grass that it'll grow this green grass and then the green grass then now has to travel to wherever the the buds are. There could be one, there could be three, there could be more, uh, and you just want to make sure that all of these are growing all at the same time. Because one of the situations you can end up win is if you have like an upper level, and yeah, you got water there, you got the, the bud is growing, but then all of a sudden you drag down, and now you pull that water away, and it goes down to try to feed the lower one well now there's no water to keep that other flower alive where you had it alive now it's dead and now you gotta undo and uh try to figure out now maybe i gotta do it in a different order kind of get the water in 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 multiple pools or something so you you gotta puzzle around with it and the game has a great undo feature where you can just undo single steps at a time so say you make a mistake you don't have to go all the way back to the being sometimes you will because whatever you did to start everything off ruined it for you but if not you can just kind of take steps back until you kind of backtrack and like oh okay i shouldn't have done that i should have done this instead and you kind of puzzle it out in your head and then get it all working and then you can move on to the next one and they just did such a good, it's really clean design, minimalistic style, nice kind of still futuristic vibes going on, but it lets you focus on the puzzle at hand. It strips out everything. You know, you don't have to worry about any kind of UI because it's really, you tap where you want to and you drag it down. There's an undo button and the game does a great job of having single undo so you don't have to restart an entire level if you make one single mistake because some of these levels you're going to need multiple moves and you don't want to go, oh god, dang, I have to redo 15 different moves. Now you just go back a couple because you realize that where the water is going to spill out or how these green pieces are going to connect once they finally blossom if the water connects to them. So really just they thought of everything to let you focus on the puzzles at hand to kind of get lost in it. Because as soon as you complete a level, you don't have to get this three-star scoring system pop up or any menu things. You get to see this cool transition where you fall downwards, the camera pans straight down to the next section on this mountainscape where you're making these little ponds and blossoming these flowers. Yeah, I do love that lack of the the star system. I, I've grown to, to despise the star system. Because <laughs> me, me being a completionist, I always want to get three stars, and then I end up fretting over one puzzle and never make it further in like some of these games because I'm determined to get three stars. And I might go like five levels, get three stars, and all of a sudden one of them throws me off, and I'm like, I can't just i try to pass it and i'm like no i can't leave that with two stars i need all three and then i redo it and then i I, it just ends up frustrating me so to have it where there's no time limit no stars it just and some of these are really tough you really are going to try multiple multiple times until you finally figure out the exact order in which you need to manipulate the the ground in order to get it to happen and so it's nice to not have that added pressure of a time limit or stars or anything like that. You can just kind of focus. You don't mind walking away, coming back, and retrying the puzzle 
and with fresh eyes. And so it, this one, like I said, I, I loved it at PAX East and I'm thrilled to finally see it out in the wild. And now everyone gets to experience it as well. It's just, if you like any type of peaceful, Zen, relaxing puzzle experience where it can be challenging, but I don't think it ever becomes frustrating where like, I'm done with this game just because there's such a Zen idea to it. And like you said, you, if you are stumped, you can go and come back to it. And then there's the soothing soundtrack. Just they thought of everything. I really do wish this game was part of Apple Arcade because it would be one of the top tier ones out there. I have no idea how that's decided or what goes into it from either Apple or the developer's perspective. But at the end of the day, $4 is a lot to spend on a single puzzle game when I can play 100 games for $5. Yeah, see, I, yeah, the, the the biggest problem here and the biggest hurdle for these smaller developers is figuring out how to survive in this Apple Arcade now setup. I I do I also think this would have made a phenomenally good Apple Arcade title, but again, I don't know what the reasons are. Maybe they weren't approached. Maybe uh, he wasn't uh, he wanted to release on Android as well, and obviously that's not allowed. So uh, there's so many things that could be that restricted it from that. But it is I listed right now as the number eighteen title in puzzle. So uh, I'm glad to see it is seems to be making traction and people are buying it but yeah it's it's tough when you're you've now gone all in on apple arcade it's tough to one pay for additional apps uh on the side of that as well but hopefully this does well because he was a super nice guy and this is a really well-made game yep so that's spring falls it is 399 it's universal and we do have our apple arcade spotlight continuing And the spotlight starts with Rosie's Reality, which just, it's the most recent release of the Apple Arcade. And this is like an order of operations puzzle game where you need to guide a robot from point A to point B. And as you go, there's all these other robots that get in the way. There's various malfunctions that your main robot kind of has to fix. But you have to get it to the point to be able to fix it. And so you have to avoid the malfunctions in the meantime. And the core idea is you're given a grid where there's a lot of empty spaces and you see the pathway that you can go and you have to decide which blocks to place where so you can create that pathway and avoid all the malfunctions. And as you go, there's going to be different type of blocks to use. Like there's just the standard block, then there's jump pads, and then there's like reversing pathways, like the little arrows that change your path. And then you even have to work with those robot malfunctions to potentially push you into the right direction or whatever have you. So it's all these various puzzle pieces that piece together to create that pathway as you try the whole order of operations and kind of trial and error. Okay, so I got some mixed feelings on this one. So I like the whole let's design the pathway, figure out where you need to put down the blocks. The unfortunate part is that's fairly easy. So then this becomes kind of like a mishmash of things. Like I'm almost thinking they thought this game is going to be too easy just putting these blocks down. So now we need to add these other robots that kind of sort of get in the way and a timer and a uh a, like for some reason well mostly that timer. I just don't even understand and like some real time action sequence part of it. So Stepping through those, 
the 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 time thing doesn't make any sense to me. Why you're timed on putting these these puzzle pieces down? Unless that's supposed to add some challenge to it, it just doesn't make any sense within the structure of the game. There doesn't need to be a timer. It, you're just putting things down, and it just seems extra and unnecessary. Then you have like I understand where you're. So basically, you put down all the pieces, and then you hit play, and your robot goes and does his thing. There are these other robots that will move and kind of get in your way, and so you kind of time it. And so there's not like you can pause just, at least that I could tell, pause just your robot's motion to then have like the other robots kind of move out of the way and then start them back up again. That would make more sense to me than you having to time from the start of even just kicking off your your bot and then have them avoid something that's further down because then if you mess up you have to start all the way over again like well in some cases other cases you don't but usually you have to then start all the way over with putting down all your pieces again which and then it deducts part of your time like it i don't know to me that part was just kind of weird and frustrating then there's this other thing where you make it to a certain point and you pick up like this little chip and then you gain these special powers to then, like, electrocute your buddies and you're saving them somehow. Uh, and that just seemed unnecessary and, like, they needed something more to the game and just threw that in there to add some other part that didn't seem necessary at all. I don't know. To me, if they just stuck with a, a strict puzzle game, it would have made more sense. As it is, this feels like a mishmash of things and they couldn't decide what type of game they wanted to make. Yeah, and for me, I just didn't really care. <laughs> like, it, there was annoying, bothersome pieces, but it's just, it never seemed engaging to want to care about the robots. Right from the start, I was just done with their stupid conversations in the oh my gosh, tutorial. It yes. <laughs> took like 50 years to complete. I'm like, let's just get on. Because you're playing Spring Falls, and you're beautifully, serenely flowing through it. And then you play Rosie's Reality, and there's all these abbreviated things to get in the way of just playing the puzzle games and then when you do get to the puzzle games it's super easy until they smash all these different things together and like i agree 100 percent on the timer and I, I don't even need to add to it you covered that <laughs> nicely and so just but the core game of they just don't engage the user to want to keep playing through all the puzzles that are included like i had no desire or interest or anything to see what would come next or what they might possibly do yeah, no, it was just pretty boring, and then there is way too much conversation with these robots, so you have to tap through everything. So you tap once, and then they finish their their text string, and then you're tapping through, it must be like five to ten various back and forths that you have to tap through just to finally get to the puzzle and just attempt it, and even then, it's it's so straightforward that you know exactly how you got to line these things up that it, there's really no challenge to it the challenge is more if you didn't start it at the right time that maybe a robot uh, the robot's going to bump into you and now you got to do it again but it, yeah it just, i don't know who this is for if it's aimed for kids or adults i, I don't think adults are going to find this entertaining i think they're going to find it boring uh kids maybe they'd enjoy the robots but overall it's just uh, yeah it's just kind of Meh. And then the UI's completely cluttered too. I mean, let's not forget about that. Just that's why I don't even think it's for kids, just because the UI is so tedious. Like a kid game should be more friendly for that idea, but as boring and bland as the gameplay is, 
it seems to be without an audience. They, I don't know what the oversight was of their producer or game designer of having the ultimate goal be this, but I, I don't know what the what they're going for with the end result. Yeah, yeah, I I, I will give them credit that the uh, rotation of the the level was worked pretty well, and the AR mode worked surprisingly well, even though I found it much harder to do the puzzles in AR mode. If you want a challenge in this game, try to do it in the AR mode. It, it worked fairly well, but it was it was more difficult just because of how you're having to view the level. But for me, it it's this was a real disappointment. Like, I would rather see this come off the Apple Arcade and then uh, Spring Falls get put in in its place. Yeah, can we do a little trade out? Like charge three ninety nine for Rosie's reality, have it disappear, so I never have to see it in my reality again. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah, we need like a manager to trade to trade players in the Apple Arcade. Yep. But it's the most recent edition, and since they didn't add anything last week, I think they got to their hundred game tier, and we're not going to see any new additions to Apple Arcade for twenty nineteen. Although we're still missing one of the launch titles, that Hitchhiker I know, game. But- I, there's a few. There's that Pathfinder game too. The one oh, that was right. actually yeah, yeah, in the yeah. ad in March. That yeah, one looks really so good. <laughs> maybe they're saving those for like Christmas. I don't know. I guess we get to those three weeks before Christmas time. But then I yeah. guess it depends what happens at that award ceremony that they're having on December second too. Yeah. Who knows? I, I I don't know. I never know what they're doing. <laughs> <laughs> but they shouldn't. Whoever is leading Apple Arcade and decides to greenlight Rosie's reality to include it. Apple Arcade is better by not having it on it. Yes, yeah. I've been seeing that more and more for recent games on the Apple Arcade. It's... I know. There, there's a subset of these that are just pretty bad. I guess with the, all the good, they had to allow a few uh, less less good or just outright bad games onto <laughs> the App Store as well. Yeah, I don't know. And so next up is Marble It Up. This is a ball-rolling platformer game. You control a little marble. You have a directional arrow in the bottom left hand, and then you have a jump button on the right-hand side of the screen. And this is pretty straightforward game. You roll through these complex levels. There's checkpoints. There's little gems to pick up. There's a finish line to reach. You see various gaps to jump over or platforms that you have to jump a higher level onto. This game, it's perfectly fine. It's perfectly adequate existence. It doesn't stand out in any remarkable way. But it does have the very negative takeaway of camera control, which <laughs> I have no idea who I, who greenlit this game. Oh, I like say you're working at Apple and they, this comes on your desk. They're like, oh, this sure is fun. Imagine a platformer game, but we made it as like, say you launched up Mario and instead of the camera following you, you had to put your fingers on screen and rotate the camera behind Mario so you could see the damn next area to jump onto because that's what they did in Marvel It Up. It's the stupidest thing I've ever seen in any platformer game where you have one finger on the left side of the screen to control the ball. Then you have your other finger hovering over the jump button in case you get into any of that sequence. But no, you have to now change it so you can drag the camera. And then trying to get back to the jump button is impossible because it's this. they use like five pixels on the screen for the jump. <laughs> There's so many different times I tap and tap and it's not jumping and I just roll off and die. So that's fun too. And it's because they put the stupid camera controls on the right-hand side. Like you should be able to touch anywhere on the right-hand side and the ball jumps and then the camera follows you automatically. Instead, they went with this choice. Yeah, uh, so 
This reminded me a lot of uh, Marble Madness, which I used to play a lot of uh, as a kid. And I think if they could fix that camera, this would be actually quite an entertaining game. It's really mm-hmm. the camera and and the the I love the five pixels and <laughs> that stupid jump button because it half the time yes it doesn't recognize that you're actually tapping. I think it could easily be solved if they allowed you to resize buttons and move them around. And that's pretty much all it would take uh, if they really wanted to do things or have an auto camera that actually worked instead of having you have to move the camera around. But otherwise, I found this actually to be quite entertaining. There were moments where everything would just flow perfectly and you it would feel like a great experience. But then that would be quickly tempered by the fact that all of a sudden the camera is not pointing in the direction you need to and you go flying off a edge and maybe you didn't hit a checkpoint recently and now you have to start the level over so it, uh, there is huge potential here it just needs a little fixing and i i would co- really enjoy this game i just i hope they can uh they they'll actually oh i didn't even look to see if people are complaining about the camera but i really hope that other people have complained to them or i will actually tag them in my uh in my post of this this podcast and hopefully they'll listen and make some adjustments because I would really enjoy this otherwise if they would just fix a few things. And it's really not that far off. I mean, the core game is really enjoyable marble rolling based platformer. It's just, it's such a key item to not have the camera automatically follow your marble because They've made 360-degree landscapes. You know, you can roll in any direction. It's not like you're always going to be rolling straight on a fixed pathway. You can go whatever different way, so the camera in kind should follow that idea. And like you said, just make the jump button resizable. Make it the whole bottom quarter of the screen. Make it whatever size. If you got rid of the camera controls, you could move on the left, jump on the right, camera follows you, you have a really good game. Instead, they're like, let's increase the challenge by making the camera (laughs) manually controlled and then not be able to jump at all. So you kind of just fly off gaps. Then people actually fail because... I, I see no other reason than to try to add unnecessary challenge. So the only thing I can think of is why they have you have to physically move the control the the camera is because you can build up momentum. And if you want to kind of pan to see where you could go then and keep that momentum, I think that's one reason why you would want to be able to turn the camera yourself and not have it necessarily go directly with your movement. But it, but there are two other buttons which I see in the screenshots which I have not, not unlocked yet, and I don't know exactly what they do. One is looks like a lightning bolt, and I don't know exactly what the other one does. I know it's listed if you go to help on the controls because I went to go see if there was a way to resize them, and there isn't. Uh, I went to go see. I wonder actually, I did not try it with a um, with a physical controller. They must have to do something with the camera if you're using a physical controller, because you're not touching the screen to to pan things around. I need to try this with a physical controller. The right hand joystick, right? Oh, maybe, but that would probably work better because you're not. I don't know. You're more used to that when you know most shooter games. You pan the camera with the other joystick. 
Right, and maybe this was originally designed with physical controls in mind, and it was one of these that then they said, hey, we want you to be on Apple Arcade, now you got to support touch controls. And we've seen this before, where things kind of fall apart a little when developers have to do that, and they didn't necessarily plan that from the start. But I think this one is close. I, unlike some other ones, I think this one is really close. They just need to do some tweaking. Yep. So hopefully they actually listen, and we'll let you know. I think there's a long list of games we need to let people know that are updated and actually playable. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right now there's better ways to spend your Apple Arcade time than trying to figure out where you can tap the jump button and moving the camera around. Yeah. And so to round out our spotlight is Red Out Space Assault, which is a 3D space shooter. You've probably seen this type of game before where... Essentially, you have various types of enemies in the foreground, and you control your ship. You have to dodge incoming fire and shoot the enemies. On iOS specifically, there was Arc Squadron, which actually came from Psionics, the makers of Rocket League. Before they made Rocket League, they actually released an iOS game. Interesting. Yeah, they released it <laughs> twice on iOS, and then they did a Redux version of it. So, yeah. And I guess they like that style. It's a good style. You've probably played this game before but now it's part of the apple arcade and what impressed me the most is right in the first level they throw it all at you it's not like there's they're holding your hand at the start there's a few little pop-ups that i ignored but the actual core gameplay enemies come at you intensely it's almost bullet hell style with the number of things that are coming at you you just move with the left hand you tap on the right hand to fire and then you can swipe your finger on the bottom middle of the screen, either left or right, to do a barrel roll. Do a barrel roll in classic Star Fox <laughs> style. And it really, it's just, it's a fun space shooter game. Yeah, so the only discipline I had from the start was this apparently uses Game Center to log you in right from the start. So as I talked about last week, I seem to have now with the latest iOS version, Game Center no longer works on my iPad. So it wouldn't, I let it sit there for a good hour and it never logged me in. So I had to go over to my phone, which I, I some reason, didn't get hit by this bug with Game Center and play on the phone. This seems like it'd be so much better on a bigger screen. And so I, I had to play on the phone. But the only issue I had was you have like a, a gun and then you have these missiles. And your gun seems to shoot automatically for you. All you do is kind of aim towards things. And then you really can only fire off three missiles at a time. And then so you're constantly just tapping, tapping, tapping to fire missiles. I wish I could lay down machine gun fire myself rather than have it be auto-fired for me. Uh, but it didn't seem to... There was no way to do that. It, that kind of just does it for you so parts of it it felt like i was really on rails i granted i had to fly around and avoid all of the the stuff coming at me but i didn't i, I it wasn't as engaging as i hoped it would be because i wanted to be the one doing the firing other than just the missiles which let's be fair you just kind of moved around they locked on and they always hit target no matter what, what you were shooting you didn't really have to worry about them missing their target they were going to hit and so that part was a little disappointing, but otherwise the actual movement around was smooth and there was a lot of stuff on screen. I didn't really notice it stutter at all. So I was very happy with that. It's just kind of wished there was a little more that I got to do. I didn't even use the missiles. I just tapped the screen to fire. Yeah, those were the missiles. 
Well, but they didn't target on at all. I was tapping based on where I was lined up on the screen. Mine, they would go flying off and follow the things and kill them. I don't know. Maybe they switch something up when you're playing on the phone versus the iPad. Mine but didn't do that. I had to line. If I was on the left hand side of the screen, the enemy ships on the right, my fire went straight left exactly where I was. Oh no, these things like were like heat seeking, locked on target, no matter what. Maybe because I kept an upgrading Maybe everything. I was playing the game wrong. I don't know. Maybe I was. I thought the missile everything. button specifically was a a special thing that you could shoot, and then you had a secondary fire, which was just like bullet fire. I don't know. These were like three missiles. Every time I hit that, and there those little three dots next to the the missile button. Yeah, I and, used that. Those worked, but then I had just a regular like activate your gun and just shoot bullets. See, I didn't see anything firing. Maybe because the screen is so freaking small compared to the big screen. I couldn't see anything that I was actually <laughs> firing out. I would just see it would lock on enemies. Like I'd see the big yellow squares mm -hmm. appear on enemies and they'd be taken down. All I was doing was changing my aim around. And then when I shot the missile button, three missiles would come out and they just, I saw them fan out and they would go and hit targets every single time. Yeah. Well, I, I maybe it was the phone. I, I know that it wasn't, it didn't feel that on rails to me or that I felt like I was missing all kinds of people. My only complaint going in was that I never, it didn't really matter if I did, like, you go through these little boost hoops, and it just got me away from, I was in, like, all kind of, like, 50 different enemies are surrounded me. I go through these two hoops, and I'm now in a completely free, there's no enemy ships around me, and there was no negative to not killing ships. Like, you could have just avoided them the whole time. I guess it tallies at your score at the end eventually, but I didn't... We've talked about three-star scoring system. I didn't care about their scoring system. I kind of just wanted to beat the level, especially once you get to a certain point, it just ramps up the difficulty. Yeah, so I think if you didn't hit those target goals, like 80% of the things killed, you got less money, which means you can afford less upgrades to upgrade your yeah. weapons or shielding and everything else. I always ignore all that <clears throat> stuff. I'm and totally so I didn't even notice out. those until the one thing I, I so I did purposely in the Rosie game tap through all of the, the dialogue. This one, I would accidentally tap through the dialogue just trying to like move because you're touching the screen. Yeah, because you're always it would just pop up. You're like in the middle of action. You're like, OK, I need to get my ship ready for the next area or whatever. Dialogue appears. and Then you just tap because you're moving the ship and oh, can't read that dialogue. Yeah. Yeah. That was the one thing. So you missed a lot. Of, I don't know what the story was because I, I ended up accidentally tapping through most of it. But uh, that, I, I don't know that there's anything they can do about that. I, maybe if you're using a physical controller, that wouldn't happen. Or like because, a double tap or a double tap to get rid of it. Yeah. I don't, yeah. I, I, well, then I don't again, know. it would have slowed things down. So it was in one way, it was kind of nice to not have to read it. But <laughs> then again, if you were interested in the story, that's something you're probably going to miss if you're touching the screen uh, or at least parts of it. Yeah. So if you're a fan of any of that kind of tunnel based shooter or any flying based shooter where you're flying into the screen, because we've seen a lot of vertical scrolling, side scrolling, top down. But the actual flying straight 3D into the scene, that's what Red Out Space Out excels on, or Space Assault excels on. 
Yeah, and it's they do a nice job of mixing things up. So there there's some levels where you're just flying around chasing enemies and getting them. Other ones where you're weaving in and out of things, trying to blow up like rocks. You have to go inside a cave like areas. You really have to be fine, precise movement. Other ones you're really kind of ex- just exploring around, trying to find the enemies. They do kind of give you hinters, uh, little hint things to let you know where you need to turn to go towards an enemy. But uh, there's a lot of content here, too, so uh, plenty of stuff to go through. Yep, so that's Red Out Space Assault, and that's our Apple Arcade Spotlight this week. Yeah, it was it's a good, good, not so good, medium good, and good titles. Yeah, Spring Falls, I think, was better than any Apple Arcade game we talked about this week, but... There's a bunch of Apple Arcade stuff. Like, I got back into Grindstone this week, just playing it on my phone. So it's amazing you go back when you finally have time. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's... It's, and then there's so much stuff we still haven't even talked about that we haven't even yeah. dug into yet. I don't even think we've talked about half of the games. I, there's a lot left, yeah, that we haven't <laughs> talked about. So be sure to follow us at AppAdvice and at AppAddictNet for updates and subscribe on itunes if you like what you're listening to rate and review us it helps us long term other people can find it and learn about all the apple arcade and apple news and all the stuff that we talk about on a weekly basis and brett thanks for joining me oh it's a pleasure as always to everyone listening we hope you enjoyed and we'll talk to you next time talk to you later